It's never happened to me before. You're doing great. Okay. Welcome to the Creative Human Podcast. Thank you so much for being here for season two for Creatives Who Inspire. And this week, I'm super, super pumped to introduce to you Zaria Miranda. She is honestly someone who I am like so obsessed with on Instagram. We met in person last year or maybe the, even the year before that. I quite honestly don't remember. But anyways, we'll get into the details. I'm super pumped to introduce to her, uh, introduce you guys to her and welcome. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be chatting with you. It's been forever since we've seen each other in real life. I know. That'll happen soon. I know. I think I was just reflecting. I'm like, when did, when was, when was the event that it was met? like two years ago? Right. I feel like it was kind of like six months ago, but it kind of feels like seven <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I, know. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get right into it. I'm going to ask you the million dollar question. Um, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like when you grow up, when you were a child and people asked you that, what did you say? I think I wanted to be a million different things. I remember at one point, I, I love it. <laughs> I thought I could sing. Um, and I wanted to be a singer at one point, <laughs> which I definitely can't sing. So that would never have worked for me. I know I wanted to be like an interior decorator. I wanted to be a stylist. Everything I've wanted to do has always been in the creative realm. Um, And then I got into real estate. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about who you are today. So I'm a realtor at Compass in Cambridge. We have offices all throughout the country. And actually our office is number one, I think, in Massachusetts right now. Um, And so I've been doing real estate for the past five years. I started when I was 18 and I am now 24. So is that five? I think that's the correct (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it's, I don't know. I'm so bad at math. I've been doing it for a while. Um, And yeah, once I started, I never stopped. So that's awesome. I, I absolutely love that. And it's so cool to see how, you know, some way, somehow like our creatives, like self when we're kids, it just morphs into who we are today. And we can always like encompass of the things that we wanted to do. Right. Because you said you wanted to be an interior designer. And let me tell you, if you follow this woman on Instagram, I'm just like, come to my house, decorate, just redo it. Actually, maybe we can just Tear, tear the whole thing down. We'll rebuild it. You can sell the house. We'll buy another house. And then you're so fashionable. And I'm just like, Thanks, oh my gosh, yeah. I feel like you belong on like, you know, these like billboards, you know, in New York city, like you just have these poses and so much confidence. And I love Thank it. You. Love it. Love it. Um, which reminds me, you shared some confidence tips um, to me when we had our annual Latina dinner for Hispanic heritage, but we won't get into it just yet. All right. So let's go way back. Tell us where did you grow up? Where were you born? What was family life like? Did you have siblings? Okay. Oh yes. I have a, I have a lot of them. So I was born in Cape Cod actually, um, at the Cape Cod hospital. And I lived there, I think, only for a year when my mom um, decided she was going to move back to Boston. And she moved and we lived with my grandmother in Dorchester. And then we kind of bounced around from Dorchester to Fall River and a whole bunch of other places outside of Boston that I 
I don't know. And um, soon enough, we landed in Cambridge, um, which was such a blessing because we were always going to school, my siblings and I in Cambridge, but we were commuting from, you know, at least an hour away because that's the only place where where my mom could afford. So um, yeah, so since I was, I think, seven years old, that's when we moved here and I've been in Cambridge ever since. Um, and yeah, I, I went to school here. I went to college in Boston. I went to UMass Boston. I studied women, gender, sexuality studies. And at the same time I was studying to become a realtor. Um, growing up, I mean, I, I enjoyed my childhood. I think I had all my family here. I have tons of siblings. I have, um, at this point I have eight that's including step siblings. So there's a ton of us and we were always all together. Um, but for my early childhood, I, do you want me to like go into? Yeah. Tell us, tell us all the good stuff. Um, so for my early childhood, my mom was a single parent of three, I have an older brother and a younger sister. So that dynamic was very educational, just growing up and seeing how she had to balance her life with three crazy children um, and being a single mom and having to work and pay bills. And, you know, there's looking back at my childhood, there's nothing I wanted that I didn't have. And I don't know how my mom was able to do that being someone who had her first kid at 19 and mm-hmm. didn't have a college degree, mm-hmm. Puerto Rican, and just seeing how she was able to provide for three kids on her own, like with no help financially was incredible. And she's the one, the woman who has pushed me to do as much as I can today. Um, but life was good as kid. Life was good. She provided, she did her thing. Shout out to mom. Shout out to her. I love it. Um, it's, it's so interesting to see when strong women show up, right? Like whether they're in a room or they're on social media or meetings, like, you know, it, it really does show whether they had influential people in their life, whether that was family or those were other caretakers, right. Or all it, you need a support system. Right. Um, and I think that's really, really important, which goes way back on why I started to build these communities because not everybody's fortunate to have, have that within their family and that's okay. You know, but you can foster that, you know, with building relationships with other people and having people be there for you. So that's awesome. So you're Puerto Rican. Are you full Puerto Rican? Tell us more about your heritage and your roots. So I'm Puerto Rican and Cape Verdean. My mom is Puerto Rican and my dad is Cape Verdean. So I grew up with both cultures and I don't know how to cook any of the meals. So rice and beans (laughs) out the window and I can't speak either language. So that has been a challenge accepting that growing up. Um, but yeah, I love, you know, all of my culture and my brown skin. So, and I love how you embrace that. Right. And I, and I love how you're showing that because I think that there's a lot of judgment where sometimes we might have like, you know, our ethnic roots backgrounds, but we might not necessarily know the language or might not know how to cook or might not know how to be that, what people say like that traditional in the box and you're supposed to do all these things, right? right. Like I'm not the normal domesticated wife that exists. Like I'm the quite opposite. <laughs> I'm right, completely right. the opposite. Yeah. And I love how you embrace that. Did you ever growing up feel like you had to face sort like any maybe challenge or other adversities because of that? 
Well, I would say growing up, um, I went through like this Hannah Montana stage where I thought I was white and I wore a blonde <laughs> wig. I blame Disney Channel for that. But as I as I got older, um, you know, more into my teens and then into you know my womanhood coming into my twenties, I definitely for a period of time struggled with being a Puerto Rican, Cape Verdean, and not being able to speak Creole or Spanish mm-hmm. and feeling like. I wasn't like a real Puerto Rican or a real Cape Verdean. And I've had family and friends tell me like, oh, you're not really, you know, you're not really Puerto Rican. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, blame it on my mom and my grandparents. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did. I mean, so I still struggle with that today. Like I wish I could go and whip up some really delicious food. And I wish I could, you know, speak the language and be able to interact more with my family and friends but I can't. And it's just something I have to accept. And I'm going to try to learn one day when I have some more time, but I've accepted at this point that, you know, I am maybe never going to learn how to speak Spanish perfectly, but it's still in me. And I still embrace and love both of, you know, my backgrounds and, you know, you grow, you grow out of that. You grow out of feeling like, oh, I'm not like really Spanish or I'm not really this. And I don't look like this and I don't talk like this and I can't cook. I think the cooking has been the number one thing because my mom can whip up some rice, beans and platanos and yeah. it's mom. And like, I cannot boil a pot of rice to save my life. So, and that's okay. That's totally okay. <laughs> and I'm actually someone who doesn't, I'm like, I love to cook, but I'm like, I have to be like in like chef mode. Like, why would I cook every single day? Like, why, why would I do that? And that by no means is disrespect to people who do that. No. You know I mean? It's not my thing. No, I like thing. miss that piece of DNA. It like didn't Same. come into my body. Yep. <laughs> you know, God was like really cute. Knows how yeah. to cook. No, thank no. you. <laughs> I, I, I totally feel that with you. So thanks for sharing that. And that is just something, right? It's part of being vulnerable and owning it up. And I love how you just embrace that. That's awesome. Like, Cheers to you and to all the listeners out there who have roots, be inspired, you know, by this young woman who is totally owning up to it. And you don't have to be all that, that fits into the mold, like make your own mold, like screw, throw the mold out the window window. (laughs) with the cooking. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more maybe about like teenage life. Mm -hmm. Um, we were talking a little bit, you know, into the adversities that you were dealing with, um, that are going back to your like heritage and roots. You spoke a little bit about going into the Hannah Montana, you know, phase, which I totally appreciate. Um, this is just something that in like the back of my mind in the billion conversations that I want to have with people, it's definitely there. It's like, I feel like a lot of us went through that. If we don't look like Hannah Montana, we went through the Hannah Montana phase, right? Um, or the Britney Spears phase, you know, whatever, you know, generation you're from. And I'm like, why, 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 what possessed us? What possessed us? Um, but long story short, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. I'm going to share. There's this Netflix show called never have I ever put this in. Oh my God. I love that show. Love. And I was like, we need more shows like this to be able to embrace diverse. Definitely. and roots and cultures, because that's really what the whole world is all about. 
right? And I binged that show, I think, in like one evening. (laughs) Oh, God. It's awesome. I know. I love it. I love it. So thanks for sharing that. Any other stories you want to share about like, that were like, really like, oh my gosh, that was pretty awful. Um, but I made it into a positive and I can yeah, share. So, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I feel like as your journey through, you know, being a young girl and then being a young woman, and then I would say I'm a 100% a woman now, but um, there's a lot, I mean, I can just talk about like my, my, my background with my, my mom and my dad. I didn't grow up with uh, my dad constantly being in my life. He um, struggled with his own personal issues and he wasn't there full time. And I think that that was something that obviously, you know, hurt and that I will say I I had to go and get therapy for recently because I was like, this is confusing. What are these emotions that I'm feeling? Am I angry or am I sad? But growing up having um, his absence was, you know, a blessing and a curse. I was able, like I said, I was able to see my mom do so much. Like you said, she, my mom showed up and she showed out because she always was in a cute outfit and heels. So yeah, like not having that father figure, you look back and you're like, how has that impacted my life? And obviously there are negative things, but I was really able to learn and grow and know that you can be an independent woman. I think that men bring a lot of amazing qualities to your life. But I think that for so long, women were told, you know, you have to have a man to do this. You have to have a man to do that. If you don't have a man, God, what's wrong with you? And I really learned from my mom and from so many incredible women in my life who didn't have husbands or boyfriends that you can do everything you need to, and you do not need a man to help you. And sometimes it's probably easier to get those things done without them. But that was something that you know, as I was a kid and I saw other families who, you know, had the perfect nuclear family, mom, dad, dog, Mm -hmm. and I didn't have that. And I, I looking back, like, I don't, I don't think I'm really missing anything. I, I, I learned so much, be independent, be strong and know that you can do anything and you don't need anyone. You put your, you know, you put your head down, you focus, you concentrate, you stick to your goal and you can do anything you want. So that was something that, you know, I did struggle with growing up comparing, but I think everything I've learned from my mom. And like I said, from other women in my life, that is something that actually built me to be who I am today. I couldn't agree with you more. And thank you for sharing that uh, honestly, and just honoring that space for you. My parents were divorced and I just, I didn't know any different. Right. And I was just seeing my mom and she was remarried and all that, but I just saw her, right. It was just her and my brother and myself. And it was, that was my nuclear, like you called it. Right. And the people around. And I honestly look back and I'm like, I'm so grateful that my parents got divorced because first of all, two different people, planets or universes. And second of all, I would not be so ambitious and wanting to help and support other women to really open up their eyes and see they don't need that. Right. Unfortunately, with the history of women that says otherwise, but here we are doing like uh, fighting for that, right. In our rights. It wasn't just until the seventies that we could get a bank account or work and do anything. Yeah. Or buy a house. Like, how is it possible that 
you know, we live in a world where we are conditioned, right. As like, I honestly see it. Like you put animals in a zoo and you constrain them and they have to abide by these rules and they're never like revamped. Like back in the day, we had to be that. And it wasn't even like a perspective of compassion and empathy and women are sacred and they are beings that can, you know, provide and, and, you know, provide for, you know, cooking meals or taking care of a home or taking care of children or et cetera. It was just confined as that. It's like, okay, but men also do the same thing. It's just the scenarios that you're putting them in, you know, and how we're playing things out. And I am so, so focused um, about that and trying to, you know, help with like the woman's right and open up people's eyes. And right again, it goes back to, if we didn't have that upbringing, we would not be so strongly opinionated exactly. because the other side. Right. Yeah. I mean, watching my mom and all of the struggles that you, that she had gone through. I mean, she, my mom has gone through a lot. Maybe you can interview her one day, but yeah, being able to see everything that she's done and how she's always come out on top. I mean, her story is incredible, but being a young girl and she, my mom was always, she would communicate everything. As soon as I was able to ask the right questions mm-hmm. or even the partially right questions, she was always so honest. She would mm-hmm. say, yep, you know, not dating or am dating. And this is what I'm struggling with at work. And you you just see it, you know, you see it every day when you're around your parents, who you're most closely with, you just watch watch the struggle and watch their wins. And that really, um, really, she really has shaped me. I owe everything to her. Love her. I love that she has like such clear and honest communication with you. And the reason why I bring this up is because I think traditionally, um, parents will always hide that stuff from kids, but kids always know they always like, we know everything, we know everything <laughs> We're like spy agents. We like hear everything. We know everything. The parents don't really know the 360 story. We know everything that's happening. So I really appreciate your mom, like having that, like, you know, parenting style and being honest with you and just, you know, talking yeah, about, I mean, we would talk about her past abusive relationships. She mm-hmm. showed me how to make a spreadsheet of finances, like on like the world's mm-hmm. oldest computer. And she was like, this is how you have to do things to make sure that you can afford this X, Y, Z. These are the things I learned when, you know, I was being abused physically, mentally. She was just so open to me and my sister. And I don't know what I would have done like without that information without being able to see that yeah. uh, and kids know everything I remember I once went through my mom's razor flip phone I think she was like upstairs I was going through her phone I was not supposed to God knows what I was looking for and I dropped her phone in my cocoa puff cereal and I was like <laughs> this is what you get for being nosy <laughs> And I was like, right off the phone, I was like, you know what? I'm done searching for information. I put her phone down. Yeah, we know everything. We find out everything. We know more than anyone knows. So, yeah, that's so awesome to hear. Um, And I'm, I'm so happy to hear that beautiful relationship that the two of you have together too. Okay, so let's move forward. Early adulthood, you're graduating high school, you're going to college. What was life like? So when I was graduating, high school. Well, I will start by saying I was like, I was that I was a wild child in high school. 
Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was drinking, I was smoking, <laughs> but I was getting good grades. Mm-hmm. I was president of clubs. I was doing theater. I was cheerleading. Like I was doing all of the good things and all of the bad <laughs> things at the same time and doing a pretty decent job of not getting caught. Um, which <laughs> I, I did get caught a couple of times. So coming so because I feel like I dabbled in everything, both with my education and outside of school, the recreational things, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I felt like the world was my oyster, but I wasn't really sure which direction I wanted to go in. But I was very passionate about being an independent woman. I was very passionate about women's rights, and I still am. And when I was in high school, I did a lot with domestic violence work. Um, I was president of a club. Every year we would do um, a fashion show to raise money for a local shelter for women who were abused. And throughout the year, I would do a lot of educational things. So I knew I didn't want to go to school for business. I didn't want to go to school for tech. None of that interested me. So I said, okay, I'm going to pick something that I actually enjoy. And that was the woman, gender and sexuality studies major uh, at UMass Boston. That's awesome. So yeah, I studied that. I actually took some time off in college when I was like, you know what? let me get my real estate license and let me see what this is all about. So I took about a year and a half off. So I actually just graduated this past December, 2020, because I took the time off and then went back. Congrats. Thank you. I was like, for taking the time off, right? There's so much pressure of like, you have to get out of high school. You have to go to college. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. And the next thing you know, you're living this, you have to do life. And you're like, what about my needs and wants? Right. So I actually, so I graduated, I moved out at 18. I was just ready to go. Like I said, I have a big family. We were all living in a townhouse in Cambridge. And so I had, my mom was like, okay, if you're going to stay in Massachusetts for school, because that was the best thing to do financially, thank God I did that and didn't go away. You can have the basement as your bedroom. So I was like, okay. So she moved me down there. I set it up all cute. I was down there for few months. And then I was like, I cannot be living in my laundry room. <laughs> it was too much, <laughs> too many people. And so me who was like busing tables at a restaurant on Newbury street, I was like, I'm going to move out. And I did at 18 with like $0. And it was very devastating for my mom. She cried and cried and cried because in her head, she thought I was growing up too fast. Like she did, you know, moving out, going to get pregnant world's going to end, even though she was doing great, but that was the mentality that she had. Um, and she was scared and those things didn't happen, but I moved out. Yeah. I moved out very young, 18. And I said, I'm never going to go back home. So I need to figure it out. So I was still working on Newberry street. I ended up nannying. And then I was like, I'm, that's when I decided I'm going to get my real estate license. Cause I had family in the business. And that's when it all started. And I listened to my needs. Like you said, I knew there was no way I was going to be able to work full time, pay over a thousand dollars in bills at 18 and go to school and study for an exam and try to learn everything about real estate and start making money. So I took time off and I'm really appreciative that my mom let me do that. I mean, I actually lost a scholarship by doing that. Mm. And 
I mean, it all worked out at the end of the day, but that was such a jump for me to do. And my mom took that leap with me, even though it was very painful for her. She supported me throughout that. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, living in Roxbury was really expensive doing with only making like probably less than $500 a week. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a little bit of, you know, coming out of going into college and then yeah, figure out, you know, what am I going to do to actually survive? Cause I didn't right, right. ask for anything. I didn't want to yeah. ask for money. I, I didn't help, you know, with like my car insurance and my phone bill, but for my $1,000 in rent and my groceries and my gas and having fun. Cause I was going out all the time, you know, I didn't want to ask and I, I didn't want to ask. I never wanted to go back because I wanted to prove that I can do it, you know, on my own. And I did, I did. And good for you. Good for you for being able to, to say that and, you know, and step back, like I have a scholarship, but it's not for me. This is not for me. And you didn't have to take that pressure. So good for you. You know, most people would have done that. And then they probably would still feel like the what ifs and right. And there's just always so much pressure. I'm so happy to hear that you've taken the untraditional route, you know, and then college still was something for you. So you did it. And then you took time off. Um, I too left home when I was 18 and I actually gave my mom a two weeks notice. <laughs> I think I did the same thing like, bad, right? on Friday. Yeah. Two weeks notice. She's like, yeah, okay. And then like, I had like a friend of mine who rented a truck and like, she got home and she's like, what is going on? I'm like, I'm, I'm leaving. And she was like, what? I'm like, I gave you my two weeks notice. Like, I don't know how much more professional we can make this transaction. Um, but peace out. And I lived in a very strict home and there was just things that I just didn't like so many things I didn't like, um, growing up in, in, in our home, I won't get into, but I I remember I was like, this is my time to make my rules. You know, I have to figure out what life means to me. I had, I left because, and I was working, I was working, um, as a receptionist and I got promoted to a legal assistant. So I'm like, great. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be independent, not looking back. And then like two months later, I got laid off. (laughs) Right. So it's like dealing with that. I never went back, never asked for help. I did it on my own. And I'm so proud of that. And I went to college part-time and then I dropped out because I'm like, this is not aligned with who I am and what I do doesn't believe in education. I've gotten so many different ways of education and I've gotten certifications and blah, 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 and all that good stuff. Right. But it's like, owning up to it. And even though it's so hard because you walk out that door and there's just constant pressure of, right. It's not doing, right. Yeah. Because then you're trying to follow your gut, right. Mm-hmm. What's meant to be yours. And then you kind of go outside and it's just like all this noise, but yeah. I knew I just, you. I knew it was what I, it might not have been the thing I needed to do, but it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to do what I want. Everyone else can be quiet. And, you know, but as soon as I was able to get a little bit on my feet, meaning I was making my rent payments and I wasn't starving myself to death, my family, I think felt better, but I'm sure my mom every night was like, oh my God, like, where's my daughter now? But like I said, I mean, she could have been like, you know, if you leave, if you walk out this door, like, I'll just never talk to you again. That happens to some people. And I'm just, like I said, I'm just so grateful that my mom and my stepdad, you know, they were supportive. And of course, if I ever needed anything, they would pick up and be there in a minute. But 
yeah, I mean, I, just, I told my mom, she's actually, when I told her, she cried and then she was like, fine, you want to leave them? Then I'm going to kick you out and you can't take anything with you. And I was like, okay. So I went to my aunt's house down the street and I had waited a couple of days and they came back home and we talked about it and she had another meltdown. But then as soon as she felt comfortable, they were all helping me pack. My mom was like, and don't forget this. And don't forget this. And my stepdad was packing up the truck. And then I had all of my little boyfriends on rotation. Someone was in the morning. Someone was in the afternoon. I <laughs> like, love it. Free labor. Free labor. Yeah. All the help you can get. Awesome. Okay. So moving forward, you got your real estate license. Tell us about, you know, what is life like today? Tell us about your career. What is, you know, life behind the scenes? So I got my license and immediately started looking for a job. And um, I started working at this random boutique firm on Newberry Street. They gave me a phone and a desk and they were like, good luck. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? So from there to now, now I'm on a team with five people. I'm working in Cambridge, my stomping grounds. Um, and it's great. I mean, the first few years, people always ask me like, oh, how do you like it? The first few years was difficult. I mean, real estate is complex. Um, it, it very much, everything goes in a step-by-step process, but there's a lot of background. There's a lot of negotiating. There's a lot of knowing your terms, knowing a lot about properties and zoning and just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a full-time job. It's not just, you know, you get your license and now you're making millions of dollars. It's a lot of work. You're your own CEO, you're you're your own manager, your own marketing director, your own HR, your own assistant. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, so I've been doing it, I think, like I said, for five years and the first two, three years, I like was, I was just assisting. So I was making like not great money, but I was learning so much. And so, because I was learning so much at this company that was new and incredible compass, which, you know, they're very tech forward. I, to me, I just saw that as an opportunity and I was working and still am working with a really incredible woman who's been in the business for over 30 years and being able to just be a sponge follow her around and learn so much information. Like I said, I was only making, I think like $15 an hour, which is not a lot of money, especially when you're living on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was learning so much and I knew, okay, right now you're kind of on like the poop end of the stick and you're the assistant, but you're gathering so much knowledge. You're learning so much. And then as I became more confident in real estate and learning, okay, like this is how you talk to clients. This is how you get clients. This is how you work your community to really build your brand. Then I was able to really step into it full time and say, okay, I'm ready to be an agent now. And I was giving some leads. I was able to get my own leads and really to start making my own money. And it's great. Like I said, being an agent is you're, you're your own CEO. You're in control of everything. You don't work. You don't get paid. You work really hard. You might get paid. Sometimes you don't because <laughs> deals fall apart, but yeah, everything is just, it's a really good business, especially right now on these, on the listing side, if you own a home in Massachusetts and you want to sell it, you know, that it's a gold mine on the buy side, it's difficult. So I work both sides. I get to see, I get to, you know, I have buyers who are like crying because they can't win anything. And then I have sellers who are running to the bank. So 
it's a good business. It's very fun. Um, and, but it's hard sometimes, you know, like I said, you can go months without making a commission. And what exactly does that look like in terms of your finances? It means sometimes you can't go out to dinner. <laughs> so, hmm. yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing like the background scenes of it. Right. I think in this era, a lot of people can glamorize any type of role and maybe particularly real estate, like, oh, great, you know, sign here, here are your keys, but there's so much to it. Um, And I think particularly if someone who's going to be taking their career seriously, like you want to be that person who's going to advocate for your buyer and seller. And you're just not like, you know, you're not just trying to do showings and, you know, claim a paycheck, right. And doing your your job. And it's, and we know that you do that too. Um, but then I think you're also involved with like staging and interior designing. Right. And then there's all that stuff to it. Talk to me. So it's a, it's a personal investment when you work with a client, because you're doing everything you can to make sure that they're seeing all of the houses that they can. Like there's been times where I've been up at like 3am scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And so you're, you're, I mean, that's my job. I'm personally invested in their success. And I want to see all of my clients really, really happy. And like I said, sometimes that doesn't happen because it's a tough market and there's not a lot of options here. And then it's also the other side where you're preparing all of these things. Like i I'm not a property stager. I would say I'm good with interior design, but I'm not a professional. I had to literally throw on leggings, sneakers, and a dirty t-shirt and sweat all day and stage houses, (laughs) lifting furniture. And then, you know, you're cleaning or you're mice, lots (laughs) of mice. So there is like, you know, the really fun part of course is getting that commission check, but you are grinding to get there and you are advocating for your clients and you're making sure that they're, that they know everything that's going on, that they're not trying to be persuaded by anybody and that they're being represented on all ends with you and with an attorney and with an inspector. And then you're also like, maybe in the morning you're at a closing and then in the evening, I'm like, like I said, staging or like picking up dead mice or something because you have to, you don't have a choice or like trying to unclog a toilet. (laughs) So there's the, there's the beauty and there's also the pain, but it's all so much fun. And it's very satisfying to me, even when it's really hard and I'm like upset and crying. It's, it's always just, it's, there's never, there's never a dull day in real estate. I love it. Thank you for sharing. I want to talk a little bit more about your work that you do for the community and how you give back. I think that's really impressive. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So growing up, my mom always made sure that we were doing something with our community, whether it was, you know, small, like picking up trash, which is, you know, obviously a big thing. Um, or, you know, doing something for Christmas with our church, we were always involved. And as I've gotten older, and obviously been able to look at my past and see that there have been so many organizations that that have helped me and my family, it's only the right thing to do to give back. Um, And so most recently, I actually just did a back to school drive for um, an after school slash summer program here in Cambridge, which I actually attended when I was a kid. So it's super affordable 
um, big care for your kids and they're open early and they close late. They feed you all throughout the day, including dinner. I was talking to my mom and she was like, that was so important that they would stay late and feed you dinner because I was working. And when you have three kids, the last thing you care about is dinner. And so the fact that she could pick us up and we had already had our final meal, she could get home and kind of relax a bit more and not stress about like whipping something up. So I collaborated with the Margaret Fuller house to do a back to school drive for their summer camp kids who are going back to school just in a couple of weeks. And I was so nervous about that because I was like, I want, I wanted to get my community involved. So I did everything on an Amazon registry and I was, there were like over 300 items. I was like, no one's going to buy anything. No one's going to (laughs) care. I'm just going to buy everything. (laughs) And then, you know, I launched it. I called everyone I knew and people were also so passionate about this, you know, giving back to, especially now with COVID so many of the families at this after-school program were heavily impacted by the pandemic, either losing their jobs or, you know, already being in a single parent household, not having two, you know, incomes to support your house and your children. Um, So the families were low to moderate income and, you know, those people were the most impacted by the pandemic. So going back to school is super expensive. Like, hundreds of dollars just for supplies that's not including like like clothes and shoes so I really wanted to get everyone involved so I did everything on the Amazon registry and within a week and a half all of the supplies were purchased and I was like oh yes and so we yesterday I did the pizza party with ice cream and gave out the backpacks and the kids were just so cute everyone loved everything and the families were just so grateful And it was just, it was incredible. So I'll be doing that again next year. I'm going to make it an annual event. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And I'm so grateful to everyone who donated and reached out to see how they could help. And congrats to you for having that, like pay it forward mentality. I'm all about that too. Right. Yeah. Really important. It's like, you can't just take, 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 like at one point or another, we need to, you know, give and receive back. It's like a full cycle of like what humanity is like. And I think that's really great. Um, And you're such a great example for the students as well, for the families to be able to do that in full circle for you. Yeah. It it was going back there on my, on the first day I went to go speak to um, the team there. It was like walking in there, like smelled the same. It looked the same. And I was like, this is so crazy. Like coming back here so many Mm -hmm. years later, but yeah, it was great. I'm just so happy. The kids were so happy and they're so cute with their new bags. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Before we head into some really fun fireside questions, tell us how our community can support you and follow you on your journey and all the good stuff. So everyone can follow me on Instagram. It's my first and last name, Zaria Miranda. I'm sure it'll be in this, in the caption for this. Yeah. I won't do all the spelling. Um, Yeah. Check me out on Instagram. If you have any questions, I'm more than happy to provide any help, whether it's questions about real estate or the process of buying or selling, or if you want to start a back to school drive and want tips, I'm more than happy to help. Um, and I also have my website, which I'm sure will also be in this caption, zaramiranda.com, which you can go for weekly blogs. 
just to read and learn about what's going on in the community and what's going on with real estate. So yeah, my website is like kind of boring, but there's cool stuff on there if you're interested in like buying and selling a house. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing all that information. And yes, we have all of that here in the description for this podcast to make sure that you are supporting her and all of her initiatives and her journey. Um, I want to plug in the fun fact, right, that we were talking about earlier um, today in regards to the Hispanic Heritage Dinner that I did for all Latinas in Boston a few years ago, right before COVID, right? I think that was the last year we did it. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about like all of these different things, like from our diverse perspectives. And I can never forget how I'm like, how is it that you're just always on the gram and I love watching you and I'm like it just I love it I feel like I'm there with you in the morning you're doing showings like you know you're dealing with the the clogged toilets and I'm there not physically obviously wish I could be there to help you but I'm like how is it that you show up like authentically as yourself like how do you build that confidence and I'll never forget you were just like girl just do it like who cares like right yourself and I'm like no and I'm like but it's so hard to like I don't know it's just weird it's just a hard, but I have no problem being in front of 300 people, but it's just weird, right? Putting yourself in front of it. It's, it's hard. And you just, like I said that day, I still believe that you just have to do Do it. it. Just like, who cares if you like stutter or, you know, I know. And I think your videos are like so awesome because I know you'll be talking. You're like, did it, did I just really stutter? Did I really just do that? Or like, did I just choke? Or like, I I'm always it. like, was that English? I'm not sure. But anyways, I'm not going to sit here and record the whole thing again. Yeah. You just have to do it. And I think that, you know, the confidence piece, you know, I, I know for the most part what I'm talking about and I just want to share, you know, I just want to share and for people to see, and I think I'm funny. So to me, yes, yes. it's an outlet. I'm like, I don't care if you care what I'm talking about. I care what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm sharing it. (laughs) You are super funny. So please do continue. I love it. And thank you for being an inspiration for other people, other creatives like myself to continue to be out there and put ourselves out there. So I really appreciate that. Okay. So fireside questions. What is your favorite song on replay? currently right now okay so I have been jamming to spooky by dusty Springfield that's an an old song but it's I don't know why it just puts me in the mood I don't even know what the song is about and if you were to tell me to sing it right now I couldn't but when I put it on I'm just like yes girl (laughs) I love it I love it what is something that sounds that is a lie about you but it's really like a truth like a fact about you I don't know if I phrased that right, but you know what I mean? No, I, um, I've been bitten by a shark. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the one thing, you know, I don't know. I feel like the, I can say like a misconception. Maybe I think people like when they meet me, they think that I'm like kind of scary, but I'm the biggest goofball on the planet. Like once I, open up a little bit. I just am like this love bug. And I just want to like squeeze everybody and be crazy and laugh together. Um, mm. But people, people always say, you seem so serious. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm the least serious person I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, ice cream or Froyo? Oh, ice cream, but I'm lactose intolerant. So. Yeah. So, this is not an ad, but I heard that there is a pop-up 
of non-dairy ice cream in Fenway for like this New Zealand ice cream. Oh, I'm like dying to try it because I also don't do, I don't do dairy. Um, I only eat ice cream when I'm home and I know I'm not going anywhere (laughs) to a toilet. (laughs) What is your favorite dish? Uh, Okay. So it depends on the season In the winter, it's going to be a bolognese. Mm. I love bolognese. I love anything Italian, but a bolognese with some good bread and olive oil. I think that's my go-to dish. Yeah. In the summer, I don't know. I just eat like arugula every day. <laughs> <laughs> coffee or tea? Coffee. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite like coffee go-to? So I, I mean, I'm kind of basic. So whenever I go to Starbucks, I just get a a cappuccino with almond milk and sugar because I mean, coffee's not good. I think without real milk, but I would rather drink a coffee and get some energy than drink like a green tea and cry. (laughs) (laughs) Green tea is nasty. (laughs) What is your favorite vacation spot that you've been to or somewhere you want to go? Oh, geez. Okay. So love Mexico. I go to Mexico every year. You're just there. Yeah. I was just in Cabo. I was there with you too. I just want you to. That vacation was, I think, my favorite vacation so far. I went with just my little sister and we just like, we had so much fun. I would go to Cabo every year if I could afford it. So you've added it. I love it. I love it. What's your favorite season? Fall sweaters, boots, hats, sweaters, boots, hats. (laughs) (laughs) And final question. What does it mean to be a creative human to you? Being a creative human is listening to yourself and to your inner child and doing whatever that is. I feel like every day we are pressured into being what everyone else's creative is, you know, with what's trending on social media or with celebrities or whatever. But I think being the most creative human and the most authentic you is just listening to you and doing whatever that is whether you think it's creative or not. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I'm super grateful. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story. I hope all of you have enjoyed listening to this episode. I can't wait for us to get together. I hope in the very near future. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And we will, we will see all of you virtually or however you want to call it at our next episode every single Wednesday, make sure to tune in. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, every single platform that you can think of. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You made this so easy and I love you and you're the best (laughs) and you inspire me every day with all that you're doing. Thank you for being here. (laughs) I appreciate all of you and we'll see you very soon, hopefully in the very near future.